We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right. Welcome in to the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Monday. My name is Chris Plank. Big week. Football returns to campus for voluntary workouts. We'll talk about the process in bringing back student-athletes, what it, what went into the decision-making and the planning, and just in general the overall care that has been taking and putting together protocols and plans to make this as safe as possible in the face of COVID-19. So coming up here in just a bit, you'll hear from Greg Tipton, Scott Anderson, Brad Camp, and Benny Wiley as we gain some perspective on just how challenging this process will be and has been in implementing all these new protocols. Now, typically on a Monday, we hear from Toby Rowland. T. Rowe is on vacation this week. He's getting the batteries recharged for not only the football student-athletes return to campus, but our countdown to the start of the college football season. So T. Rowe will rejoin us on Monday, and that's a week from today. And later this week, I had a chance to hang out with Gabe Eichard and Teddy Lehman on their new podcast, The Oklahoma Breakdown. So we're going to bring you that segment on Friday as part of a nice little crossover. Good stuff from two former players on the challenges that lay in front of this current crop of Sooners and making sure they follow the proper necessary procedures to say stay safe and maintain the possibilities of an uninterrupted college football season. So before we get to all of that on Rivalry Month, so as we turn the calendar to July, our Sooner Classics, I guess maybe I'm going out of order here. This might this might be our What's on Tap in Segment 1 for the Sooner Sports Podcast this month, and it's brought to you by Phillips 66, Live to the Full. We're kicking off Rivalry Month in our classic games, and what a way to start 
on Thursday night here on the Sooner Sports Podcast, you'll be able to download the 2001 OU Texas radio broadcast. Yes, that game. The thing that blew my mind, just a quick little side note on this, is typically our radio broadcast, when you get the file from Learfield IMG College, it's about a six-hour file. It's huge. I mean, you got to start editing it down, get the pregame out, get the postgame cut out halftime, and it gets down to about three and a half hours. The 2001 game is like a four-hour broadcast. And after cutting out the pregame show and the postgame show, it's only like two and a half hours long. So it's an incredibly rapid-moving game with one of the greatest moments in Sooner football history. So that's coming up on the podcast this week. And then on Saturday... It is the final Bedlam game for Baker Mayfield when he and Hollywood Brown went crazy. So that's all coming up this week on our special classic broadcast focusing on rivalries, the Red River rivalry, and of course, Bedlam. That's this week. And it's brought to you by Phillips 66 Live to the Full. All right, so an out-of-order kickoff to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Craig Tipton, Brad Camp, Scott Anderson, Benny Wiley coming up in seconds. But first, the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by AT&T, America's Best Network. Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store, farm fresh for over 50 years. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. And Cruisin' Auto Spa, all full services are back open and we disinfect everything as we go and before we give it back to you. Need an oil change? Well, Cruisin' Auto Spa will take care of you. You don't even have to leave your car. They're also offering free exterior washes for any healthcare worker. That's Cruising Auto Spa. All right, enough chit-chat. Let's get after it. Greg Tipton kicks things off as we grasp, understand, and immerse ourselves in the new protocols for the return to campus for OU football. Today, we're going to take you behind the scenes on the planning process to bring back the student-athletes to the University of Oklahoma. We'll take you inside the planning process. We'll take you inside the plans. We'll take you inside the ideas to keep it safe and efficient for Oklahoma student-athletes. Take us through the groups, the parties, the people who have been involved in creating what is described as a phased return for the student-athletes. Sure. Um, We've been working on this going back to about the last week of March. Um, knowing that we had to have a plan in place and we, we've been very um, uh, blessed to have the group that we have collaborating together. It starts off with our medical team and Scott Anderson and Brock Schnabel um, and then our facilities and operations and event management team which is Brad Camp, uh, Michael Byrne, Jonathan Radabaugh, all of our folks, Lindy Roberts, uh, where we've just been collaborating daily, not weekly but daily, especially the last six to eight weeks on what the protocols look like coming back not only for our student athletes but for our staff. Speaking of that, Mm -hmm. football comes back. Student athletes are here. From a facilities perspective, what's that, how specific, what's the details like of them getting into the facility? Getting into the facility, it's gotten very specific. We're going to have one ingress point, one egress point, um, and it's going to be uh, very, very uh, well defined. We're actually creating some educational videos for our student athletes that will go out. We've, we've been uh, creating these pathways on the ins and outs of the facility uh, because you can't cross back into one space you've already been. Folks will get temperature checked when they enter the facility. Um, Scott's working along with, with Benny Wiley on creating those groups as they come to work out. Uh, but very, very deep dive on, on what we're doing. The pathways, one, one shout out I want to give is to Scott Matthews. Um, our graphic designer who 
has been also kind of become a little architect with us and Jeff Schmidt with Architectural Engineering Services because with our uh, document that we're pre preparing for our pathways and our returns, they've literally uh, taken the blueprints of each facility um, that we have that our student athletes utilize from football to basketball to baseball and softball and we've pulled up those blueprints on a Zoom call and Scott with his talent and Jeff Schmidt with A&E Services with his talent uh, we've gone through each facility and created these pathways. One arrow is your, your way in, one, arrow, one color is your way out, and those will go in with our, our protocols as, as the student athletes return for their sports. What's, what's different about the team equipment area and the team areas in general? How have you guys had to re-engineer that? Uh, just a lot of, of, you know, really trying to cut back on the spread, however it may be spread in the sport of football. We don't know all that just yet, but we're looking at everything from the uh, face mask shields, uh, to the face coverings, what's breathable, um, you know, all those pieces. How about the team spaces in general? Team spaces in general, um, I, I, I know it's out there, the uh, Campus Clean and Green Initiative. We have locked arms with Campus, with Matt Rom, Marissa, their, their staff, Brad and I have, Michael Byrne, Lindy. Um, on what our protocols are going to look like, we have it very, uh, very well planned out, strategically planned out for our spaces on the disinfecting. I learned that there's a, uh, there's a difference between uh, disinfecting and sanitizing. We're, we're disinfecting our spaces, preparing our weight rooms, our high-use areas, locker rooms uh, with the disinfectant spray fog, which will then follow up daily with a disinfectant hand wipe down. So there's a lot of players involved in this. Um, it, it's been refreshing, uh, not that it needed to be refreshed, but just to see the way people come together and work together, but that's just the way we do things at Oklahoma. So then take me through what that communication has been like and how that's kind of helped you and helped everyone in putting this plan together. With our counterparts from other schools, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a, 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 like a big conference. We're all sharing ideas. Some of us steal ideas, which we're all good with that because our counterparts, we're all working towards the end goal of making sure our staff and student athletes are safe upon the returns to campus. Um, case in point, talking with Matt Trantham at Arkansas, he was telling me about this self-clean kit that he had come up with, and I'm like, okay, that's a great idea. We, in, we implemented that into our return protocol, uh, and the, the kit is, is based off of making our staff feel comfortable upon their return. Uh, even though their office has been disinfected, uh, they have a nice drawstring bag with uh, an antimicrobial towel, uh, some hand wipes, sanitizer, spray disinfectant, and then a door hang that's going to outside of their office, which shows our campus custodial. If that door hang on the outside uh, is green, that means it's clean. If it's switched to red, that shows that someone has been in the office and that office needs disinfected. So we're just trying to provide all layers that we can to make people feel comfortable in coming back to campus. Final thought tip. Training obviously is going to be a challenge. What does that layout look like from a facilities perspective? Will there be different weight rooms, different places where they can work? Sure. Yeah, we've we've looked at. Uh, we're going to use all our space that we have uh, available to us for football. That being the Switzer Center weight room, Roy Williams weight room, and do some overflow over in track upon uh, team arrival on July 1st. Um, you know, Benny has everything set up on their schedules and how they're going to do their groups. While you may have one group working out over here lifting and then going to do their conditioning out on our practice fields, the group that's over at Roy is going to be lifting and then coming over here where we have tailgate guys set up. We actually went in and, and leveled that space out, top dressed it, made it more of a, a, not a place where they're going to go and, 
it, it's going to be lined, but it's more for speed and conditioning there, just right across the street here. So we've had to really uh, grow our footprint and, and make sure that the, the spaces work really well for the student athletes and our strength coaches. Incredibly thorough. Greg Tipton, thank you very much. Thank you. Brad Camp joins us, Assistant Athletic Director of Equipment and Facility Operations. Obviously a unique world for you. Take us through some of the new procedures now as student athletes return to campus that you and your staff will be implementing. I would call it more enhanced than, than new is, is what we're doing. Um, you know, it's adding some extra cleaning protocols to our laundry procedures and just how often we're cleaning our laundry hampers and, and, the, and the machines themselves, all the chemicals that are going in there, everything. We're already ready to kill MRSA, staff, um, flu, all that stuff anyway. So, you know, so we're, we're, we're still rolling, rolling along with that. But, you know, you get to the more, more unique things about new, like, okay, well, now we have to clean footballs. That's never been done before, right? Well, guess what? Nobody in the world that had a leather ball cleaner, you know? So, so there's a company called The Big Game who actually makes our footballs out of Dallas who, who got with a company who, who made, who designed a, a leather sanitizer. So footballs, basketballs, any, any ball that's leather, th this, this can be used on. So what are you implementing as far as changes to some of the team spaces? Spacing guys out more or lock? How are you going about that process? Yeah, our uh, video staff actually has done a lot of that legwork in terms of how they've moved around meeting rooms. You know, where now they're trying to social distance. Obviously, the space there. You know, smaller rooms now they're going to be all over the stadium. Honestly, in, in terms of, of where they're going to be at to uh, be able to be have the space where, where, they, where they can be. You know, team meetings will still be done on Zoom and everything is what I've, what I've understood. You know, so trying to keep everybody out of, out of those larger groups and trying to keep those more manageable. Do you have to make many changes to the actual locker room itself or is it all pretty much set up with plenty of space? No, the biggest change that we made with the locker room was, you know, there's some guys' lockers that have been moved. You know, with, we get, get workout groups and say, okay, these are our 10 guys that, that, that are working out at, at this time. So, okay, how, do, how does this look compared to, okay, we have, say we have 12 groups of 10, where are our issues at? Where is somebody right by each other? Where all of a sudden we, you know, kind of like, we're kind of like five zones in the locker room is kind of how it's set up of where, you know, if those 10 people are seven people in that zone. Okay, then we need to change workout groups where we have to move some people around. And, you know, we're, any, any vets we had to move around, it was a lot of the freshmen that, empty lockers anyway, so just moving nameplates so make, makes it pretty easy at that, at that point. Footballs are going to touch a lot of hands. We need to come up with this way. How are we going to clean this? What was that process like to discover something that could help kill, you know, the potential spread on footballs? It was exciting. I mean, it, it wasn't like I said. I mean, nobody, had, nobody had it before. It, it, did, it didn't exist. So the fact that somebody actually has the capability to come up with something like that and come up with it very quickly um, to disinfect the ball versus sanitize them. Lots of difference between those two, as, as everybody's learning these days. So to have those actually be able to be disinfected while we're using them um, is going to save the inventory of, of those a lot as well. You've seen some projections online of football helmets that almost look like motorcycle helmets now. But do you see any changes in the equipment going forward with, with masks or visors? No, absolutely. There's uh, Shut Sports is, was kind of the first company to come out with a plastic shield that goes on the bottom. You know, everybody's seen the ones that they're on top on the eyes, but these, this actually attaches on the bottom. Uh, we've, got, we've ordered a couple hundred of those just to get through practice and games and, and, and from my understanding that you know the athletes are going to be wearing that or they're going to have an option of a gator to wear under, underneath their helmet. But we've also been trying in the process of designing our own gator as opposed to directly over the mouth that actually wraps around the helmet and around the face mask. The prototype actually should arrive this week. So we're interested to see how that how that ends up actually going. So we're trying to you know kind of down that cutting edge and make it more where you know a little more breathable and a little more comfortable for the athlete to wear. Awesome stuff as always, Brad. Thanks, man. I right, appreciate it.
All right, we're here with head athletic trainer Scott Anderson. Scott, thank you so much. Obviously, a lot with COVID-19. Let's start with the question on a lot of people's mind. Why July 1st to bring everyone back? Um, it was uh, a mutual decision. Uh, Joe Casiglione, uh, Lincoln Riley, and, and our medical staff. And, and uh, we looked at it from the standpoint of number one, what was the, you know, what served the athletes' health and welfare. That's always our interest and focus. And then, of course, there's a consideration of, uh, uh, of preparing them uh, properly for sport that, uh, you know, that they're. Uh, there's they work on their skills and, and all the team aspects and those types of things and, and uh, yeah, we realized that uh, later will work better than sooner and, and July was always a date that we targeted and even though the uh, the athletics world moved a little bit earlier we just resolved that that was the best decision initially and just because other circumstances changed didn't change the reasons that uh, that we chose to do what we did the education part of this and the protocol what has that been like what's the plan been to educate the student athletes coming in on you know what we're doing and the dangers of this yeah, it's just, it's just been an ongoing process. Uh, again, you, it, with anything, you, you take the lessons and you just teach them over and over and over again, especially when it's, uh, you know, something new and different and requires some uh, uh, consistent compliance. And, and so uh, the points have really been the same since we left in March, and, and we just continually emphasize those same common points that that's, those are going to be the themes as we return and even within the past couple of weeks as, as we prepared for football's return we've revisited all of those and, and again it, it's it's taking the same points and, and preaching them over and over let's talk about a couple testing a couple protocols we'll start with testing what will be the testing protocols for student athletes and staff uh, everyone is going to be subject to uh, a test as they come back to campus. We, uh, we have established uh, what we're calling a virtual quarantine where uh, we're not bringing uh, athletes to campus ahead of time and isolating them, but, uh, but we've asked them to do that at, at home or in their apartments or wherever they are and, and just take a two-week period and, and uh, uh, to isolate a little bit from the community and the culture that they've been in and, and to take some precautions. And, and then at the end of that two weeks, we, we bring them to campus. They have testing as they come through the door on that day. And, and then uh, subsequent to that, we have a, another brief screening test that will, or screening protocol that we'll do every day that they're here. What would be the testing to the PPE you know, we were talking to Brad Camp about and, and, and Greg Tipton about the ordering of personal protective equipment. What's the protocol going to be like for student athletes? Masks are going to be obligatory in, in the facility for everybody. And uh, uh, the only time that uh, our athletes won't be wearing a mask is, is if they're outside. And, and even then, we're going to uh, social distance them. We're going to keep them in, in small groups. Um, and so even as we return them to campus, uh, certainly in the initial stage, it's going to be focused on some distancing and isolation. T take me through how important the screening process is then, because you want to know if I've just got where they've been, what where, where they've been, maybe people they've been around. Is that kind of what you're going through? Sure. And, uh, you know, it, it's brief because uh, it, it's at the point that we're seeing them uh, almost every day. And, and so uh, it's, it's just, <clears throat> um, and we use an app and, and it's, asking if you have symptoms, asking uh, if you've 
had any known exposure. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so it's, it's just a, a brief s series of questions based on uh, has anything changed since we saw you yesterday? And, and then we take their temperature and, and if all that's fine, then they can go ahead and enter the building. Scott Anderson, thank you so much. Okay, you bet, thank you. All right, Benny Wiley joins us, Director of Sports Performance here at the University of Oklahoma. Can you kind of just take us through the I get madness, wild nature, the unique nature of what we're going through right now, how it's kind of challenged you going forward and preparing these guys? Um, you know, it's been awesome. I'm not going to lie. This has been a great time uh, just to watch our, our guys grow and see who they really are. This is a time that really tests you and see if football and training and all that stuff is like important to you. So you, you can say it's a tough time. You can say it's trying. You can say it's this. I mean, this is an opportunity for us to to really show who we are and show if, if this thing is important to us. Communication, how key has that been? I know it's, it's, I use the term challenge, but a good challenge in that, but communication to prepare the guys before they return to campus. What's that process been like for you? Um, sure, like I've got a great staff. I mean, there's, I mean, there's five of us and we've all kind of like divided our team up. And so there's just daily calls, daily check-ins, just making sure these guys are okay. Not, not the training, not the workouts, but I mean, how are you doing? I mean, because we've had, if you can imagine the last like 90 days, it's been, this is day like 101, you know? So we've had a hundred days like without our guys and they've gone through every gambit of like emotion and and just just where our country is and all the things that are going on. So just the daily check-in has been great. And, and you know, like we've gotten to know our players on, a, on an even greater level, you know? Uh, just our Zoom calls, we're on all these things and you get this, this side of our players that we've never been able to get before because it's always go rush next okay championship another championship one more chance there, there's not been time to just maybe just take a breath and breathe a little bit for for you personally now take us through the importance of getting the guys back and having these in-person workouts how important is that it's just selfish right now. Like I want them back because uh, they're my guys. Uh, you know, like I miss these dudes, man. I I, I miss uh, just the camaraderie. Like I miss uh, seeing these guys every day. But just putting the team back together and building and, and kind of continuing that that team building, that camaraderie. Just watching the guys train and push together because they've done it on their own. Now, like how can we mesh all their hard work that they've done on their own? and put that all together and like normally we have eight weeks to do that we have like much less than that to do that now so um it'll be cool just to get them back and just to get them in that groove so we can kind of make that um that handoff like to our coaching staff just really smooth how fun was it for you to be able to provide some workouts for guys like me? Your warm-ups wore me out, so I just want to let you know the warm-ups were what I did. But how fun was that for Sooner Club members and for so many people to provide something like that during the shutdown? Just a different insight, you know, uh, because again, we don't, we've never had the time to stop and give that information and give those workouts and let people see this side of us, you know. And so, uh, I mean, we've got some of the best like supporters like in the world, and so to have all those Sooner Club members, all the old members joined. I mean, it was it was probably more fun for me than it was for you guys, but uh, like I enjoyed it and I enjoyed uh, just giving that service, but also enjoyed just the interaction, just the talking back and forth, you know, between all the people that I've not gotten to meet before. 
What are the resources that you've been able to provide your guys over the last three months? What's that process been like? It's kind of been evolving too, right? Sure, sure. Just with the different rules, the NCAA rules, like our Big 12 rules, there's, and it's like evolving and changing and okay, like one week is this, the next week, uh, maybe not that. And so just to be able to provide constant information for our guys, constant, this is your workout. And, and I've, told, I've told many people, our culture is different here our culture. So, I mean, I could tell them we had two rocks and a stick and that's what we're training with and they would get after it and they wouldn't care. And so just to be able to provide a weekly kind of workout video, we've been able to do that and send those guys information, send them their weekly like workouts, um, talk with their trainers. They've got people back home. It's been cool to have that interaction um, and just talk to them and just give them as much information and feedback as we can they've been able to call us and get as much information and feedback as they can. So it's been a pretty cool, uh, I mean, just really the last like eight weeks for sure. What, what has the fun been like to recreate your weight room? That process to say, okay, I'm gonna put this here, we're gonna move these guys over here. What has that process been like for you? Again, I think as a coach, uh, like as a strength coach, uh, you must be able to adapt. That's, that's, if I was doing an interview, can you adapt? Because it, you're gonna have to adapt every year, every season, different team, um, new defensive coordinator a year ago, that's different. New team, new facilities, I mean, whatever, you're always like adapting. So this just gave us another opportunity to like adapt, to change, and I mean, our players thrive on it. I mean, I, I tell them, I don't care if we're playing on the moon, like, <laughs> let's go get it done. Uh, and so it, get, it gave those guys just a different set of challenges that they accepted well and that they attacked. You're the man. Penny, thank you so much. Thank you. I still think, and gosh, man, thanks to Dylan Stanley and the Sooner Club for allowing me to do those interviews. It was a blast. Thanks to Tip. Thanks to Scott Anderson, Brad Camp, Benny Wiley for just their incredible answers. Good job by Max and Brandon in putting this together. And I hope you guys took as much from it as I did. I still found it crazy that they had to go through a whole process to truly disinfect footballs, which blew my mind. And what did Tip tell us right off the top? There was a difference between disinfecting and sanitizing. I had no idea. But the main point here is understanding that there are incredibly thorough plans in place to hopefully ensure the safety of all these football players. And there's protocols that need to be followed in order to maintain the fight against COVID-19 and maintain the safety of this entire team. Thanks to all the guys for joining us and making that possible. Hey, deposits for the OU men's and women's basketball season tickets are currently on sale. You can call or text 405-325-2424 for more information or lock in your seats today by visiting Soonersports.com. It's time to add some boneless wings to your Wingstop delivery order, available in any of their 11 mouth-watering flavors. So go ahead and crush those spicy, saucy, sweet, and sassy cravings. Go to Wingstop.com now and get delivery to your door. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. OG&E is power at the speed of life, and Norman Regional is offering virtual care so you can consult with the doc on your smartphone. Learn more at NormanVirtualCare.com or download the app today hey one final note uh i really appreciate everyone that's finding downloading and sharing the podcast if you do subscribe through apple podcast please leave a five-star review and and uh, please leave five stars and write a little review it means a lot to us and just thanks for making this through challenging times a really fun summer to come up with unique uh, content that we've been able to deliver to you through our shows through 
our classic broadcast. It's truly been a blast, and it's all because of you. So have a great start to your week. The OU Women's Wednesday podcast coming up with Meg McDonald, and then our crossover on Friday with the Oklahoma Breakdown plus OU Texas 2001 and 2017 Bedlam on this week's classic broadcast. Have a great start to your week, and boomer sooner, everybody.